This is the Swarm Unplugged podcast, where we get to know the bee social community and encourage others to join us. With hundreds in the community, we want to get to know all of you better. From the newbie to the expert to the project partners, we will be learning who they are and how they can best benefit from bee social. I'm Christopher Knight, so let's get started. And a big welcome, a welcome, welcome okay. to everybody uh, to the Swarm Unplugged podcast. Uh, as all of you know, who have seen us and are following us right now, that we bring on a people that are part of the bee social community. Not only those who are in the community, but uh, from newbies to experts, but we also bring on the strategic partners that are part of what is going on in the bees community. And today is uh, very much my pleasure because I, uh, for one, am, uh, have a little bit of a favorite tick toward this particular group. It's called Starwire. And we have the two principals here uh, that I'm going to chat with, and you're going to get to know a little bit more on a personal basis. So at this point in time, I want to welcome uh, uh, Garnett and Colin to the Swarm Unplugged podcast. Welcome, gentlemen. Good to be here. Thanks, Christopher. And, and Colin, uh, you, you guys have really, you really stirred up the, uh, the, uh, the nest, so to speak, because I've seen you on two of the Be Social TV Well Tank uh, series, and each time you're on, everybody not only understands what you're doing better, but they like it better every time that, that, that you talk about it. Uh, I know it's quite unique, but before we start talking about that, I want to get to know you guys a little bit better. How about that, guys? Huh? First of all, uh, Garnett, I'll start with you for a moment. Uh, tell me a little bit about your background. Uh, and, well, I, I, I saw when we were coming on, you've got, uh, got some children running around the house, too. How, yeah. What's your family life like, anyway? Uh, well, it's a little crazy because I got four kids in that age group of you know, from 10 years old to 17 years old. So uh, um, when, when you're in this phase of life, anybody with kids that age, you realize that your life now revolves around the schedule of all the activities of your kids, right? Yeah. And um, you're picking kids up and dropping them off. And it's like I'm a human taxi, you know? At an Uber without pay? Is that what it is? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it's a lot of fun. And, and uh, uh, assume, assume you're married? Uh, yes. <laughs> okay. And, and that is, uh, that's a challenge, I know, to, to mix work and the children together. It's always, always a challenge in the process. Uh, tell me a little bit about your background. Um, what? Uh, what, get specific there. Well, what you, are the folks you, interested? What did you do in real life before you began the doing what you're doing now? How about that? <laughs> okay. So, yeah, traditionally kind of the way I'm making my living was in media production and um, just kind of creating commercial videos, that, that, that sort of side of things, uh, brand creation, and um, sort of my love for filmmaking got me started sort of in two two things two sort of side hustles one was 
in creating uh, sort of independent feature films. And the other one was educating um, people about feature films. And um, kind of even right now, part-time job is um, teaching uh, young people how to make films. And uh, about 10 years ago, we established well, what's called the Delta Film Academy. And that's teaching uh, young school-aged uh, students how to how to make movies and we we take our connections from the film industry kind of bring in special guests and teach teens and even preteens um you know how to have fun making movies and tell stories and that um i'm supposed to be a teacher but i end up learning quite a bit from these kids yeah. uh, and it's it's a lot of fun kids can kids can be extremely creative can't they Exactly. Exactly. And they're, you know, that's the age group where they're not embarrassed. It's not, you know, it's not uncool to, to, to share their ideas, however crazy they are. Um, it's a real untapped funnel of creativity for sure. And as we get older, we have to learn how to un <clears throat> re untap it along the way. <clears throat> so now you've, you've moved on from there, but uh, before we get into that, Colin, uh, Tell us a little bit about your background, my friend. Sure. Um, not sure where to start, but <clears throat> if I go back to the beginning, hey, I begin. Go back to junior high school for me, will you, Colin? Yeah. <laughs> well, I started out uh, playing music um, at a young age, and uh, I started in bands and ended up with an A&M recording artist, and pretty soon I was uh, pretty much a full-time musician, and I began to traveled around the world with a fellow you may know by the name of Randy Bachman. He uh, started a band called The Guess Who and then later Bachman Turner Overdrive. And uh, I toured with Randy for almost 20 years. And during that time, I also was running a side business. Uh, I was an artist. I, I used to uh, draw uh, illustrations for the local newspapers. And um, I ended up being the creative director of two major daily newspapers uh, because at the time, um, nobody knew how to use the computers. They brought a computer into the newsroom. And because I had made computer music with my keyboards in the past, uh, I said, I'll learn how to use that. And the next thing you know, this was 1988. Our first program was called Adobe 88. And that eventually became Illustrator. Yeah. And so for those people that are too young to remember that Illustrator and Photoshop. And then Adobe went on to be the mammoth that it is now. So I grew up with desktop publishing and I trained about 13 um, graphic artists. I had 72 sales reps reporting to me. And basically I had this team of graphic designers moving from what was the old paginated way of doing a newspaper with the old cut and paste into the digital and into digital photography as well. And I was on that transition team. We were the first paginated, first paginated newspaper in the world. A lot of people thought it was the USA Today, but we were, we were one of the first. So that gave me my background and my music was kind of always parallel. And I started a freelance company um, back um, sort of in the early 2000s. And my first big client was a pro audio company called Is Technology. And that's when I really got the entrepreneurial bug and started to learn all about. We went to the different trade shows at the NAMM show and built uh, all kinds of uh, tech 
um, information, and this was the first digital audio recording um, um, system uh, in the world, basically. And uh, it was called the radar. Those people that have recording studios in Nashville probably still remember that. And as sort of time progressed, and I still played music, I was the uh, musical director for a show called The Legends of Rock and Roll, uh, which we did casinos and classic rock festivals all over the place. And, and it was so much fun. So I always had one hand in the music business and then the other hand in sort of uh, media and very, very much into the technology. It was exciting for me. I was on the cutting edge of what's the newest, latest thing. I just was kind of a gear junkie and still am. So fast forward a little bit, I uh, ended up doing a, consulting job for a public company and uh, they ended up sort of folding as they were a mining company and they just needed the new business and so we created an entertainment company in the virtual reality space it was called imagination park entertainment and what we did was we we created a, a public company it was an rto and this brought me into the film business we were my other two founders were two uh uh, film producers and we had an office in Universal Studios on the back lot and that got me into the whole music or film side of things and uh, so uh, actually Larry who was on with you earlier we would do uh, trips down to Los Angeles um, you know twice maybe sometimes three times a month and we're working on you know different productions and different scripts and different uh, uh, pitches to all the majors and got to know a lot of different people down there and it became very, very apparent to me, and this is where the story's all going, is that the intellectual property part was a real um, problem in both the film and the music side of it. And people were just not getting paid. People were not getting credit where credit was due. And this goes back to the old days of, you know, I told the story on the whale tank about Bo Diddley, I got a chance to play in Bo Diddley's band a few times. And when I sat in the back room with him, he just said, you know, I sold my songs for 20 bucks and uh, never got another dime from them. And yet people have made money off them for years. So there's a, there's a real discrepancy out there. And, and we did a presentation on the whale tank where we showed some evidence of that. But it got me thinking when I first learned about blockchain, and this is back in 2015, 2016, I first started hearing, I started studying mentals of blockchain. It just, the light went on. I just went, I know how to fix this. I know how to fix this in the film industry. And it's not about disruption. A lot of people think, you know, you want to just disrupt the industry. That'll happen in due course, but that's an industry you don't want to make enemies in. Okay. They have status quo. Colin, Colin and, I'm going I'm to interrupt you just for a moment. Because I want, I want to learn a few other things before we get directly into Starwire here a little bit. Sure. And, and, and that, what I want to do is go back to Garnet, Garnet again. And we, we didn't actually go through any of your, your history as far as your, the things that you've done. And Colin has, has a heck of a history. And I mean, it, it, illustrious history as far as the people who's been around and things she's done. And I know you probably have the same. What, what kind of experiences have you had? Yeah, actually, well, it's interesting. Colin and I have, you know, <laughs> some some very common interests. You know, we we didn't really know each other, but 
you know, I started out being, you know, uh, in, in the audio side of music. Um, I was a sound man uh, for a group based out of uh, England called uh, Living Sound. We were traveling around. So I, I had that love of tech. And again, in a place where our paths crossed, but we didn't. But I also ended up uh, working for Radar, the digital, uh, that same company that was producing digital recorders. Um, Colin had been there before. And then I came, was working uh, with the guys at Radar. And so we were, we were following this uh, kind of similar flow through history. And I would say the same thing, like, you know, because we grew up during that time of, um, you know, technology, digital technology was changing the music industry and also the video industry. You know, probably both of us um, were buying some of the very first digital recorders, but um, the very first, you know, you know, some of the very first machines that came out, you know, we work through that. And I would say, you know, in the same way, uh, my first experience with crypto or, you know, the first time I bought Bitcoin, I didn't know what it was, but, you know, anyone who sort of is that kind of those gear junkie kind of guys, when you see a new technology, you're going, Ooh, this is, this is going to change everything, you know? Oh yeah. Now I also understand there's a very interesting story about how you two met and some of the journeys you've been on together. Uh, something about elephants and I don't know whiles about. What is that about? Uh, both of you. I'm going to let both of you talk anytime you want to here. I want to know about these, uh, these elephants and things like that. <laughs> well, yeah, Colin's probably going, what, what the heck is he talking about elephants? No, that was, uh, we, we, we kind of met through, uh, um, uh, I was working with um, a, a Chinese-based company called Elastos. And at that time, um, uh, I had pitched sort of uh, this idea for smart contracts, and they took an interest in it and started to uh, fund that company. And through a common friend, again, in the, in the, on the art side, um, he said, hey, Garnet, you know, um, I just met Colin, you know, two weeks ago. I saw a pitch that he had done. You guys are talking about the exact same thing. Like you guys need to get together and talk. And so at that time, you know, we reached out to each other and like all great minds think alike, you know, when we actually sat down and compared notes, we were, we wanted to build the same thing. And at that time uh, we thought, well, ra rather than be competitors, we need to join forces. That's right. It, is, is, that, is that the way you remember it, uh, Colin? <laughs> Absolutely. The, uh, the producer that I was having uh, coffee with in Starbucks, uh, he had mentioned uh, Garnet, and Garnet actually lived in the same uh, town as me. And I thought, okay, well, how tough is that? I'll just meet him at the, the Starbucks, and uh, we can have a chat and see how things go. And uh, like he said, he was working with this uh, Chinese company, and I had been, I was still with Imagination Park. I was the chairman. 
Um, and I gave up my presidency and the CEO role to another fella. And so I had more time and I really wanted to develop the blockchain part. So when I brought it to the public company, they said, no, no, we're in virtual reality. This is too weird for us. We don't understand it. Um, and that's when I said, okay, I'm going to leave the, uh, the company in good hands and I'm going to go start this other project because I was really excited about the, the possibilities. I knew it was going to take some time, Christopher, because you know, it takes a while for people to, to catch up. As you know, there's a long curve before it reaches critical mass when people understand. And as I said before about trying to convince people that this is going to change their workflow, most of the people in Hollywood or film production or schools, they don't want to change their workflow. Um, they don't want to lose their jobs. They, they want to keep status quo as much as possible. But the groundswell comes from the artists and the people that aren't getting paid and aren't getting acknowledged. And they realize once they understand the fundamentals behind this, they go, this changes everything. This change, and this is, you know, kind of what bankers are saying right now with, with everything in the digital currencies. Uh, they're going, this, it will revolutionize and change things. But what we wanted to do is play well with others. I always use that term so that we could do it incrementally. And I thought the best way and along with Garnet is to start with the students. And just like I started with Photoshop back in 1988, I learned it at a, at a younger age and it became a tool that I use up and even to this day. And I don't wanna go learn something new. I want to stay what I learned in using Starwire app in the classroom at this level. Um, this is gonna set precedence for generations to come and the way that films are created and that people get traded fairly and uh, they have their intellectual property baked right into their digital assets. And so if that answers your question, we kind of, Garnet and I saw the same vision right. and uh, said, we might what, as well just join forces and what, do it. What, what is the specific problem though? I know you're working on a solution, but what is the problem? Well, there's two problems. Number one is, is that let's, let's use an analogy that's really, really simple, whether it's a, right, you and I are writing a script or we're writing a song. It's like, did I write the chorus or did you write the chorus? I can't remember. Uh, we got together and played. And so I, I have 25% and you have 75% or, or in a, a film, you started writing something and then you gave it to another writer and they put in their parts and who has this? And then you want to get some investors in to, to fund your script to be made into a film. And so how much do they get and who gets paid first? And then somebody comes along and says, no, I'm going to take over this part and hire my people and then pay them. And then everything gets really confusing. And same thing with a record. If you're making a record, you might say, well, we're the songwriters. And then a publisher comes along and they want to take their piece. And then the producer says, well, I want to get a piece. And, and everybody has their idea of what they should be getting. And then lawyers get involved and then it becomes costly. And pretty soon it gets really confusing. And then the distributors, and Garnet can talk about that. The distributor, we had a film on, on Netflix with Imagination Park. And our investors are going, when are we going to get see some money back from this? And we say, well, we just, we can't get the audits done. And we're still getting, you know, stuff from Italy and from Greece and from all these different places where the films are, are, mm -hmm. are played. And it, it's a long story. But to make it short, the problem is, is that people don't get their intellectual property done properly up front. 
And secondly, they don't understand how to divide that pie properly. And so we've come up with a technology that can solve both those issues. And with that said, Garnet's got films right now with distributors and he can define the problem better than I can. Well, uh, Garnet, talk about the problem, but uh, tell me about the solution as well when you're in the mix here. I mean, when, when, I, when I think of the real value that, that Starwire brings to, um, you know, either a, a team or an individual, um, I look at it, um, number one, from just a place of taking something that's really complex and just simplifying it. And um, uh, it's easy to take something simple and make it complicated. I've seen all kinds of business plans and, you know, stuff that does that. But when you can uh, really simplify, make people's life easier and simple, um, they will reward you for that. Mm -hmm. So we're always saying, like, let's keep it simple. Um, You know, some of the things, solutions that I admire most in life, whether it's a toaster or you know, the idea of um, calling for, you know, uh, a taxi or, you know, what is the, sim- you know, or the new smart TVs, uh, the new music delivery systems. Alexa, I want to listen to Bachman Turner Overdrive and it starts playing, you know, uh, the simplicity of getting what you want songs by Bachman Turner. done in a Oh, what? Did, <laughs> you just turned to my Alexa with the box. She's about to play it for us. Buckman, turn okay, that's right hilarious. There's <laughs> validation quick, for you. Quick, quickly unplugged her. Go ahead. <laughs> so so there you go. Um, you make it so simple. I can, you know, play a song for you in your house without even, you know. Um, so so that's one thing. And the, the other area is is one of trust. And in this business, you know, Colin talked about it sort of like there's a lot of people um, not being rewarded, not being paid um, when they should. And we say, okay, how are, how are we going to uh, um, bring trust into some of the deals? There's always a deal to be made. You're negotiating with your investors, with your cast and crew, um, with your marketing partners. And we just bring a tool to bring trust. And, um, you know, that word is something, you know, I bring up, we were teaching grade sevens how to make a movie this year. said, you know, we can talk about a lot of rules, but um, one of our real key values is trust. We want to build it. And when we have trust built up, it's like the oil in the machine. Everything is going to flow. And... um, uh, the simplicity of how our app works and, and, you know, when our investors look at a deal or a, uh, a finance deal, a, a project that they're going to put their funds into, there's one thing on their mind is when do I get my money paid back? And when do I, how quickly can I double my money? And, you know, I would say that those answers and provides the security of how they're going to get paid back um, is, uh, solves that problem. I define the problems as trust and complexity. Let's talk a little bit about the mechanics now. Uh, 
do they uh, do their own uh, smart contract through your app or do they, how, how does that all work? Because some of those could be pretty complicated, uh, I would assume, right? Well, they're if- very, very complicated. And I'll just jump in here real quick because this is a real, this is the, 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 the thing that I was most excited about uh, when we first started this venture. Um, for anybody that's, you know, programmed a website or knows HTML, they know that you can use something like Wix or WordPress to do a website where you don't have to code. And I had worked with Solidity programs before I even met Garnet. And we were talking about putting these smart contracts together. And I said, listen, we need to stop right here. We can't be programming smart contracts. Um, this, we, we need a tool to do this. So coined the, the acronym SCB, Smart Contract Builder, and got our team. And we got a crack team of, of really, really talented professionals. It was hard at the time to find blockchain-specific guys in 2016, 2017, but we found them and said, we want a smart contract builder. So what that means, it's just like WordPress will build you a site without knowing all the code behind it. Yeah. This will build you a smart contract without you knowing code. And you're right, Christopher, they are very complicated and they have to be done one way or another. But if you take the simplistic parts of it and make those ones the main things, uh, it's very easy to template those things. Just like when you see a big legal document, you've got all the you know, different you know, sections within it. They're kind of all similar to some degree. And after you've right. read enough contracts, you realize that um, they're, they're kind of different, but they're the same. So we're creating templates for every type of production, and then people can just sort of fill in the data as they need it. And of course, there's going to be legal documents with any film production or music production as time goes on. But to be input them and, and have a smart contract that refers to them is, is makes it, like Garnet said a, mi- a minute ago, makes it so much simpler and easier. And then when it's done, you can just render it to the blockchain and uh, then you've got that proof, right? So, so it, what, once they're developed, though, and you put them on the blockchain, does that mean that is uh, that's the end of it? It can't be changed after that, can it? So what happens if somebody wants to modify the contract? It's simple. You just modify the contract. It creates a new one. <clears throat> and uh, it's, it's the same as they do now with some of the other things, even in with the uh, projects that we're working with now. Uh, those contracts get changed from time to time. They get upgraded. You know, we've all heard version 2.0, 3.0, that type of thing. So these are all being tested as we speak. And Garnet can talk about the key to Christmas and how that was working with distributors. And uh, we start off at a simple level and and move from there. And this isn't to replace, you know, accountants and lawyers and everything at this point in time. It's really about the individual and creating that trust like Garnet was talking about that says, Hey, this is mine. And because movies and music are digital. Now we, everybody knows about NFTs. You can bake that information right into that digital asset and it'll travel with it no matter where it goes. And that was the big dream. You know, I want to, I want to find out and uh, Garnet, I'll ask you this question. If I'm an actor and uh, I don't know who builds the smart contract, but if I'm an actor, I want to make sure that my part's in there properly and also want to make sure that nobody uh, can go in and change it on me without me knowing about it. Now, how do you handle the security once the contract is built? You've told me it can be changed, but who has the ability to change it once it's formed? 
Actually, it's not changed. It's replaced with a new one. And Garnet can explain that because he's already done that once. Okay. Yeah, like part, you know, it's sort of similar to a multi-signature wallet. Um, you know, in order to move funds out of that wallet, everybody needs to sign it. And that's the same thing with these contracts, only, um, yeah, uh, if you're making a change that affects someone else's split, everyone needs to sign on to that change. Okay. Um, yeah, which is um, most of the time, um, they're pretty set in stone um, of what you want to do. You know, it, it, it could be as simple as a 50-50 split. Everything that comes into this wallet is going to be split 50 ways. Well, if you want to change that, those two people need to agree. But if it's more complex with 10 people, yeah, if every person in there needs to agree to the new terms uh, in, order, in order to make a, a change like that. Okay, and that's held in some sort of wallet. You say it's held in some sort of wallet that everybody can access, uh, uh, at least the uh, not change, but access. Is that the way it's set up? Um, Well, when the contract, the code, when the code is deployed, it basically treats, it's going to only respond to, um, you know, uh, um, different amounts of tokens that are coming into that particular wallet. And it's going to say, oh, there's 100 tokens in here. And knows it's going to, you know, send 25 here, 30 here, 20, 20 there. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. It's, it's only doing what you tell it to. Okay. What, what has been the general response from the uh, movie and music industry? I know you've talked, both of you have uh, extensive contacts. What has been the response from your contacts so far? Uh, Colin, go ahead. Um, it's a good question. And I think the, the best way to answer that is that everybody is waiting for some kind of a solution. And there's a lot of other players out there that are doing little bits and pieces uh, of this. And we're looking for, I'll, I'll give you an example. Back in uh, the um, early 90s, I was on a symposium in Nashville when I was with Is Technology, the radar people that Garnett talked about. Mm-hmm. And we all sat in this giant room on folding chairs and somebody at the front of the room said, in our new digital world, what is a master? Because in the music world, it used to be a big 24 inch reel to reel tape. That was the master that all the vinyl records got made uh, off of. And that would go in a vault. And when they wanted to press more records, they would bring out the master. So the question at the time was, what is a master? Is it an AIFF file? Is it a dot wave file? Is it a broadcast wave? Um, All of these questions. And people were confused at the time because there was no real industry standard. And the languaging was in a old paradigm mindset. There is no such thing as a master. So we had to get our minds around that. So in this technology, now that we have digital assets, it's the same thing people selling an NFT of a pixelated JPEG for millions of dollars, as opposed to buying something of tangible that you can hang on your wall. It's hard to use the old paradigm with, with the new technology. So I think the industry, especially the younger people in the industry, the millennials and 
and people that are up and coming, they get it. They're, they understand Bitcoin, they understand tokens, they understand crypto, they understand the need for independent filmmaking. They, they want to rebel against some of the big majors, um, although they still need distributors to be able to distribute their film. But we believe that the, the good stories will always rise to the top if they're you know, properly funded and people make good movies. People are going to love them and watch them and pay for them. And I think that's the key is to um, slowly but surely change the mindset of, of the, uh, just like everyone's got a laptop now. There's an old saying that says, everybody's got a Mac now so everybody can make a record. That's the good news. The bad news is everyone's got a Mac now and everyone can make a record. So, <laughs> yeah. so we're, we're seeing that in the film industry now. People are making films with Osmo Pockets and GoPros and all kinds of things. So there's a real appetite for content. We've never seen as much you know, consumption of content uh, in the world. And so now is a perfect opportunity to start um, giving people the groundwork to get their films and products started. And we haven't even touched on the Starwire token and the governance token and how we're building a community to help fund um, films and stories getting made and whatnot. But the general answer to your question is people are adopting this now and they're liking the whole concept. They're liking the idea. They're waving the, the flag saying, yeah, go for it. Keep it going. Um, and let's see what shakes out at the end of the day. What's a master? So what's going to be sort of industry standard in the future? Well, you know, you brought up an interesting point there. And, and let's touch on it for at least a couple of minutes uh, before we end, uh, reach the end of this particular episode. Uh, you're building a community as well. And you mentioned, uh, you know, the use of the, uh, the tokens. Uh, why don't you tell me about your community there? I mean, this, there's a crossover. We have, you know, you're, you're part of the bees community, but you do have your own community. And we know that that's a, that's, that's, that's common knowledge, but what are you doing with your community right now? I'll let Garnet go with this one. I've been oh, doing all the talking. Okay. You're going to, you're going to throw the ball, throw the ball yeah. in another court. Go ahead, Garnet. Yeah. I can so, hear my voice giving out on me. I've been on zoom since I yeah. woke up this morning. But yeah. Actually, you know, one, one, one point to what Colm was just talking about. Um, what's happening, say, say, with, you know, adoption of this type of technology, say, what are people responding to it like? Um, we, we just had, you know, a revolution in the film industry, which was the digital cameras, right? And when digital cameras first, you know, were introduced, there, there was the two sides, right? One wants to adopt it and say, wow, this is awesome. And yet another group who's gone like, no, nothing can ever replace film. Like, what are you talking about? Like, you know, th those that technology just can't do the same thing. So um, this is at that, you know, if, if you look at it in in terms of, you know, digital currencies, smart contracts, that kind of thing, it's you have one group of people looking at it and say, hey, we have fiat, we have wire transfers, you know, why would we ever want to use something like that? You know? And the other group is saying, um, yeah, your world's about to change. Right. So it is early days though. So you have one, one group of extremely excited people and other people saying, I'm not sure. I, I know why, what, why do we need this for yet? You know, I got a checkbook. I, and I, 
I'm still interested in uh, how are you using your tokens right now? Well, um, our token is so brand new, um, but so there's it's not really uh, in use at this stage because we we've, we've only just created, but um, it is a token built for our community and and for ultimately to release creative productions. Um, we we want to see people, so many people have creative dreams, you know, mm -hmm. everybody we meet, Colin and I, in our space, they're producers. They have projects that they want to build and their biggest problem is usually funding those problems. And we see our community, our token as something that's going to release them uh, in, into those projects. So we want to, put our token into the hands of a community um, and we want to put it into the hands of artists because who knows better than artists themselves as to what projects should be funded, should be released. Um, and not, not just artists, but industry professionals who are able to pick winning projects that are going to be profitable, not just throwing money into kind of worthless you know, uh, projects that aren't going to go anywhere. That has been the key excitement for the community to say, what I can be an owner, a fractional owner of one of, you know, of this new band uh, that's rising up or maybe an established artist, a star or a group that everyone knows who they are. And finally, wow, I can be an investor and I can, you know, be a part of what they're building, whether it's an album or a movie. And, and that would be through the use of the token to do Definitely. that. Yeah. Okay. Well, it is a governance token. So it allows you, um, it gives you a voice mm -hmm. to say, I want to be part of this. You know, we, this is a project we believe in. This is a project we want to release our Starwire treasury towards. Mm -hmm. And that's, so part of, you know, part of our function, uh, while we have the smart contract builder, which is bringing the value, but as we bring wealth into Starwire, um, we're setting aside a part of that wealth, um, a treasure to be accessed by our community of artists. Well, I, I can tell you one thing, of course, from the, from the perspective of the, uh, uh, the swarm, uh, having a coin with a use case which yours absolutely does is the key word uh and that's uh, that's what's going to drive it to uh to uh be a good investment if you will or a good uh, swing in the uh, in the hives and the pools that we have on our side uh i have uh, since i began and after i put a little money into your your uh your, your program with us i've seen it go up uh uh, a nice percentage on the coin. So, you know, so far there's, there's been some action there and I, I know you've seen it for sure. So, yeah. and along with that, it's, it's all part of what you're putting together. You've got the uh, smart contract along with the uh, NFTs and, and you're putting it toward an industry that absolutely needs it, but you're waiting, you're waiting for the adoption, just like uh, many are, of us are on several things. So I, uh, I know you will be highly successful and I'm, I'm pulling for you for sure. Is there anything either one of you would like to say before we end this episode of the Swarm Unplugged? 
Anything just, uh, Garnet? Well, just to thank you for, for the interest in us and giving us a voice uh, to your community. Um, uh, like I said, normally we have our heads sort of in the trenches um, at this stage. And thank you for moving us out to actually get into a bit of marketing marketing mode. Like we often get so uh, just, you know, stuck in with our own team as we're, we're building, you know, we're excited to build it, but we do need to uh, uh, spend time with people like yourselves who pull us, pull us out of the workplace and get us to talk about what we're doing. Cause it is um, exciting for, for, you know, musicians, artists, and people wanting to invest in them. No, that, that's good news. Colin, Colin, what do you think? Any, any final, well, I'll just, final I'll, words? Yeah, well, I have two daughters. We didn't get that in. And, I'm sorry. And, uh, I'm sorry. I did and, forget that. Tell me about the family real quick before we close. Heck. <laughs> um, my wife and I are currently in Mexico. We have a home down here as well as in Vancouver, and we're kind of riding out the whole pandemic thing down here. But uh, we do miss our girls. They're in their uh, mid-20s. And uh, one of my daughters is a model, and the other daughter is uh, works as an HR professional. Wow. And so we're, we're excited to get home uh, in a couple of weeks and see them and give them big hugs after our quarantine. But uh, I just want to leave the listeners here with a, a um, sort of a, a big vision, because what we're doing here is we want to empower the storyteller. And at the same time, we empower the storyteller. We also want to make sure that our catchphrase is when money moves, you get paid. Never in the history of the world has this been ever been able to happen before. Um, you know, in our last company, I remember we had a film crew over in Spain and they, they had to, uh, to stay extra days and they ran out of money. So we had to send money our finance gal had to actually cross the border from Canada into the U S to use a U.S. bank to do a wire transfer or a Western union over to Europe, which had to go. And meanwhile, we have to pay extra days in hotel rooms and everything for the crew, you know, waiting for them to be able to get paid. And I just, when I heard about how blockchain and fractional um, ownership and, you know, when money moves, people can get paid. Imagine if you order a movie and you pay, everybody gets their percentage instantly into their wallet. It was like a big dream. And now it's actually coming true. So we can empower the, the creators out there. And, and uh, for the first time in history, uh, this can happen. So we're excited to be on the cutting edge of it. And the people that are part of your community and part of our community, uh, we appreciate that you're rooting for us. And like Garnet said, we got our nose to the grindstone and working with developers and working with people in the industry, uh, trying to figure out how this is going to work. Um, and it's a, a moving target. We see the crypto thing changing from day to day and forks here and this and that. But at the end of the day, we have the big vision. So I just want all your listeners yeah. to hold that big vision in mind and uh, hang with us because we're, we're in for a great ride and, and uh, we want to invite you all for the journey. Well, I, I will assure you that the uh, bees community is supporting you. That is for sure. And, and uh, are backing you in every way possible. And if there's any, ever anything that I can do for or any of the community can do for you, you, you know, that we were, are more than willing to do so. 
All right. Uh, Garnet and Colin, thank you so much for being a part of this episode of the Swarm Unplugged. Appreciate your time today and, and you're sharing some of your stories with us, which makes it even better along the way. So thank you both very much. I appreciate it. Thanks, Christopher. Appreciate it. All right, folks. And that is a, a great, great way to take a look at the folks that we have in the strategic area of our, our partners and to learn a little bit about them. As you can tell, these two gentlemen have had quite a history and what they're working on right now, they have a true background in. It's not just, hey, geez, I think this is a great idea. I'd like to do it. But they have actual history and background behind them, which is going to make it even more successful. So thanks very much for being here for this episode of The Swarm Unplugged. I'm Christopher Knight. Always remember to learn, listen, and give. Thanks for joining us for this episode of The Swarm Unplugged podcast. Be sure to hit the follow button and leave us a glowing comment. Gravitate yourself to be on the podcast so you are the next one to introduce themselves to the B Social community. See you on the next episode.